The criminal courthouse of 100 Center Street in downtown Manhattan was a massive structure, with two entrances in the front and windows tall and narrow like gun slits running up the side of the building. A wooden rail separated the trial participants in the well of the courtroom, which took up the front third of the room from the crowd of spectators seated in the rows behind the rail. Twelve regular and two alternate jurors were in the jury box, intently studying the witness. I stood on the opposite side of the courtroom, near a window, leaning back on the wooden rail about thirty feet away from the witness. I had stood there through most of the direct examination, occasionally looking out the window, not taking notes, with my arms folded across my chest. I certainly would not have appeared to the jury to be particularly impressed with the testimony, or anxious about the time a few moments from now when I would cross-examine the witness. And that was, of course, exactly the impression I wanted to leave. It was just another trial, or so it had seemed to me at the time, and Lisa Altman was just another victim, or alleged victim. She might have been telling the truth, or she could just as easily have been lying, but it didn't matter to me. All I knew for sure was that I was doing my job, defending my client the way I was supposed to, trying to win yet another case. And when it was my turn, after the prosecutor had finished with her, I would destroy her. The acoustics were lousy. Not much sound bounced off the lowered ceiling in the courtroom, making me strain to hear every word. But I managed to catch every nuance without appearing anxious. The fluorescent lights were too bright. A glare bounced off the imitation marble wall behind the witness so that if I stared too long, the witness's image jumped out at me. I periodically focused on the beautiful twenty-nine-year-old woman in the witness chair. I would hold my gaze on Lisa Altman for a few moments, then look away. Newspaper reporters were in the first two rows of the spectator seats, more reporters than I'd ever seen at one of my trials before. But, of course, Lisa was an international celebrity. The thought occurred to me that if I were one of the world's greatest ballet dancers, known for brilliant interpretations of tragic roles, I would probably get this kind of turnout on a regular basis. The reporters looked more skeptical than the rest of the audience, but then they usually did at my trials. On balance, the press treated me well, although I would have been happier if they had called me ruthless a little less often. Judge Richard Bennett was on the bench. I'd been in his court many times before. Some judges insisted on controlling every aspect of a trial, but Dick Bennett would let the lawyers try their cases without interfering too much in their cross-examination. With his graying temples and bright blue eyes, Bennett was a commanding presence in the courtroom, but there was little he could do to protect the witness from me. On the other hand, the judge was a tough old bastard, and I knew that if the jury convicted my client, Bennett was certainly going to send him to the clink for a long time. The court clerk was working on a crossword puzzle at his desk in front of, below, and to the right of the judge. The court reporter was silently typing into a little machine at her place in front of, below, and to the left of the judge. The prosecutor, John Phelan, was seated at a counsel table, taking Lisa through the direct examination. John was in his late thirties, with wiry, thinning hair that he brushed carefully to make it look fuller. He wore the basic polyester double-knit suit so popular among law enforcement authorities. The defendant, William Betts, was at the other end of counsel table next to my empty chair. The prosecutor should not have been seated. He should have been standing at the far end of the jury box. I always stood there when interrogating one of my own witnesses, 
that guaranteed that in answering my questions, the witness spoke loudly enough for the whole jury to hear. By standing behind the jury, I also forced the witness to face the jury and establish some eye contact. I knew I would begin my questioning of Ms. Altman almost playfully, as I slowly tried to gain control over the length and tempo of her answers. Gradually, I would gain control not only of her responses, but of the witness herself. I would dominate her, beat her, humiliate her, and finally dismiss her. At least, that was my intention. Your witness, the prosecutor announced. I watched one of the newspaper artists drawing with pastels. I recognized myself on the pad, the long, narrow nose, the slightly messy hair, the accusing finger pointing at Lisa Altman in the cross-examination that was about to begin.